This program is brought to you by PersonalLifeMedia.com. Hi, and welcome to Green Talk, a podcast series from GreenLivingIdeas.com. Green Talk helps listeners in their efforts to lead more eco-friendly lifestyles through interviews with top vendors, authors, and experts from around the world. We discuss the critical issues facing the global environment today, as well as the technologies, products, and practices that you can employ to go greener in every area of your life. Hey everybody, this is Sean Daly. Welcome to Green Talk Radio. Today's topic is going to be on something that I think touches the lives and businesses of everyone, which is events and specifically eco-friendly events and event consulting. Uh, I'm going to be talking today with Johanna Walsh, who is an eco-event consultant and is the CEO of Twirl Management, a company that specializes uh, in eco-event planning and consulting and management. Uh, Johanna, welcome to the program. Hi, Sean. Thank you very much. Yeah, well, so it's interesting because, you know, I, I think everybody who's in business eventually goes to an event and some people like myself probably go to many during the year. And it, it is, it's an area, it's always struck me as an area of potentially great waste uh, and maybe in many cases aren't run very sustainably. So I was fascinated to hear about you and the specialty that you have with the company and the consulting that, that you do. So I, I understand, is it correct that you do um, not only sort of corporate uh, events and conferences and trade shows and things like that, but also even on the personal level, like weddings and, and festivals and, and parties. Is, is that correct? That is correct. And special events as well would be in that category. Okay. You know, like a Christmas party type of thing for a company. Okay. So now I'm just, how did, so how did you get into this? Um, my background has always been in some sort of type of production and uh, from film and fashion and photography production and always staying on the event side. And I worked many events from conferences to fashion shows to photo shoots that all ran the gamut. And there was always one defining factor was, you know, there was no, there was so much waste being being created from these events. And one of the last trade shows, large trade shows that I worked before I started at the company, before I really got the idea for the company, was here in San Francisco, and there were so many small plastic tchotchkes with the company's name on them and piles of plastics and garbage everywhere that you turned and, paper, you know, the amount of paper and handouts that were um, being distributed was, you know, almost appalling. And we're thinking, you know, there's got to be um, better ways to meet and interact and, and have these great events and conferences that are necessary for business and just interaction and not have them have to have so many products and create so much waste um, for the environments and the communities they serve that will, in, in the end, take up 
the brunt of having to recycle and dispose of the products properly. It's funny you mentioned the tchotchkes because I know a lot of people. They're what, what do they call them? They're like uh, <laughs> they're they're people who go to the trade shows. There's a there's a term for it that's escaping me at the moment. But people who go to trade shows just to collect tchotchkes. They're kind of like tra- <laughs> treasure hunters. Free stuff. Yeah, free, right. Free stuff yeah. junkies, or yeah, for lack of a better term. But yeah, that, so so I mean, so that's interesting that you mentioned that though, because I was thinking more from just the the event side of like you know the, the food and the and the trash and things like that but you're even talking about down to the vendor level about what's being provided at the booths it sounds like you know you know that um you know there's definitely the element of you know where the food being produced you know whether it's coming from local sources you know if you can also for you know cost benefit get organically grown things and you know the the venue that you're in in terms of the power usage and transportation tune from the event, but, you know, it, it takes communication on all levels for all of the stakeholders whenever you're planning an event to really examine what are going to be the best practices to make your way, your event as little waste as possible. So everyone's involved, you know, from, you know, definitely your on-site staff to the venue staff. So everyone is essentially involved in terms of examining how to green your event, all of the key stakeholders from your event staff to your venue staff and your cooks, your busboys, and including the vendors that are coming in to the space to help um, provide services to your visitors. And are the vendors t- typically receptive to that, ha- have you found, with these events? I mean, are they like, you know, they're willing to not do the Chotskis and do something that's, you know, greener, like, you know, some sort of, um, you know, online deliverable or, or something that's going to maybe not create as much uh, waste? It depends on the uh, topic of the conference or meeting um, and how invested you get them in the project. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in some cases you can't require it. In some cases you can, depending on the poll that you have um, as a conference organizer. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and a lot of times most of them are open to it. They are, you know, looking, for, a lot of them that were looking for an opportunity to go a lot more eco-friendly and are, weren't, but weren't sure how. What I'm seeing a lot, especially on the conference front in the last month or two, the, the debate has changed. It's no longer me or other people who are you know, producing green meetings saying, no, this is how you should do things. It's now turned a little bit to where they're saying, okay, we, we know we have to do this. How do we go about doing this? Which, you know, it, that includes the vendors kind of coming in and saying, all right, we know we have to change, but we don't know how. Now, I'm just curious, can you give us some a specific example, maybe one on the corporate side, like a trade show or a conference that you've worked with uh, and how you know the, the event was greened, as it were, and then maybe also something on, on more of on the personal side, like a, a wedding or something like that. Can you, would you be willing to indulge us on those two um, fronts? Sure, I can talk about, uh, I did a great Christmas event. Um, you know, it's kind of a mix of both corporate and private for an architecture firm in the Bay Area, and we looked at a lot of different aspects because it has to be very event-specific. Some things work and some things won't work for each event. Um, but what we did for this architecture firm, uh, they're called Nolan Tam. They're based in Berkeley. And they, we did a bunch of different things from uh, having solid Tynaware instead of any kind of plastic disposable material. Uh, we created so much less waste in terms of uh, paper plates, plastic forks, you know, even 
you know, even the biodegradable stuff. You know, we saved on all of that by using real glassware for the guests. We provided all of the beverage service in bulk, which, again, cut down on so many containers, uh, you know, from serving you know, five, the 500 guests that were there, mm-hmm. in addition to making sure that all of our uh, beverages were brewed and made locally. Um, the, uh, we did a few different options for transportation, which included a shuttle to and from the BART station. BART is our uh, local Bay Area rapid transit system, and the architecture firm was about three miles away from there. So to encourage people to take the public transportation, we set up the shuttle that um, went around and picked people up and brought them to the event and then also brought them back to BART, um, which was great because we, re- we got a response that probably a third of the guests, if not more, actually utilized this, and we're thankful for it because then they could really enjoy themselves and drink you know, wine with the event, and there wasn't the liability as much you know, getting in the car at the end of the night. Mm-hmm. Any other aspects to it? Um, that you can let's see. It's December, which feels like a while ago. <laughs> well, you can um, you can move on to a, another event too. I'm just cu- just curious to hear sort of snippets from each event and for, to create some inspiration for people that are maybe planning these types of events or, uh, or or are responsible for creating them and working with folks such as yourself to to create the event. Sure, of course. Um, well, right now I'm actually currently working on a project um, based in Syracuse. And oh, my alma mater. <laughs> sorry. Oh, yeah, nice. Syracuse University. Go Orange Man. Um, sorry. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> um, and we're looking at a couple different things. San- Syracuse really wants to become a really um, a, a, a center for green meetings and green conferences. So kind of working with uh, current um, their current infrastructure, like one of their main conference centers, I think is being developed to be lead of a current, uh, what is it, current construction or current or an existing building lead certification. Mm-hmm. So within right. that kind of providing an infrastructure for meetings to go um, on with, you know, utilizing, you know, much more local uh, businesses in terms of, you know, recommended vendors for people holding conferences there. Um, they do a lot of good things already at the conference center for using local foods, but um, we're trying to look at how to better utilize um you know, no bottled water policies and, you know, have attractive um, water stations. That's a big thing at conferences, actually. It's one of the largest is that there's so much water, bo- bottled water um, drinking. Yeah, um, it's, you know, it's terrible. I mean, I, every trade show I go to, there's a gazillion bottled water bottles everywhere. Uh, so, yeah, and th- that's usually what the things are filled with because you're, you're talking a lot and you're dehydrating and, you know, you're, you're thirsty all the time. So, yeah. Well, I just thought of a really good giveaway is that these people need to be giving away the SIG bottles and similar, you know, aluminum bottles. Yeah, exactly. I was actually at, a, at a, a specific green meetings trade conference, and that's what we got. And I love it because I've been wanting to have one for a while. They're so great. To replace my old Nalgene's, and, and uh, it's nice to have one now. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. So, so anything else before we move on to? I have some other questions for you. Actually, you know what? This would be a good place to take a break. We're going to take a quick break with a commercial sponsor, and then we will be right back talking with Johanna Walsh, who is the CEO of Twirl Management, which is an eco event consulting and planning firm. And we'll be right back. Listen to Living Green. 
Effortless Ecology for Everyday People, a weekly online audio program featuring champions of sustainable living at personallifemedia.com. Okay, and we are back with Johanna Walsh talking about, and she is, I should mention, she is the CEO of Twirl Management, an eco-event consulting planning and management firm. And we're talking about uh, ecologically conscious events, uh, both in business and, and personal events and, and parties and so forth. And um, when, we, when we left, did you have any other uh, sort of anything in the tip category before we move on to another question? Um, yes, uh, in terms of the public sector, um, I'm working with a festival, help coordinating a festival and helping them do a lot more uh, green initiatives uh, in downtown San Jose. And one of the really cool things that we're going to get to implement, that it's one of my favorite pet projects, because I don't usually get to do it on the corporate side, is uh, we're going to go and have um, local community members, schools, um, classrooms that the festival is serving um, help us design really cool and uh, reflective of the events of trash receptacles so that um, the trash receptacles can both be you know marketing tools for the theme of the event as well as you know be visual indicators to easily divide trash for the visitors, but then also it gives us an opportunity to go into classrooms and to community centers to teach, you know, the benefits of composting, recycling, you know, the fact that you need, if, if you've got a compostable biodegradable item, it really does need to be composted and won't go in the trash or it doesn't really work. These kind of lessons um, that we're developing for this festival that I'm really excited about in terms of the waste um, diversion from landfill. You know, it would be. I don't know if this is possible. Well, I, I'll believe that it's possible, but it's got to be really challenging. Is I just talked to a company that uh, they have zero trash cans in their facility. They, it's all recycle, so there's like literally they have no trash cans. And I was just thinking about what a cool thing it would be to be able to achieve that at an event. Uh, I mean, I know people can bring in their own stuff that's going to be garbage, but you know, literally with an eye towards you know zero something you know zero in the waste bin. Um, you know, and, and I, there are venues that have, um, I think there's some in Canada, and I know Moscone here in San Francisco, and a few other vendors, uh, venues really strive for that. The thing is it really involves so much communication with your participants. Um, you know, there was an anecdotal story I heard from the woman who's general manager at Moscone that, you know, they use all biodegradable plastics and servingware for Every event that they do, it's built into their to their rate. However, they had, you know, for their box lunches, they had everyone put their water bottles into their biodegradable box lunches and then throw them into the trash. Mm. So the bottled water is contaminated. The biodegradable ability right. to just shove those things into the bio into the compost bin. Right. So it's, you know, it's so much of it is communication and education. You know, it's something that I think is very easy to do on site with um, with a company because you're really utilizing an education and educating your staff. Um, but the thing with an event is, is, and this is where I've seen so much well-done work with volunteers and really kind of setting up different programs um, to help kind of, facilitate 
the trash sorting on site, which is, you know, the biggest problem, I think, with, in terms of going 100% waste free. Now, I'm curious to you, since you mentioned, and I was going to ask you about the Moscone, because that's the, the one that's the biggest one that's close to us in the San Francisco Bay Area, and certainly a, a lot of events are held there. It's very popular, but I, I, how much of this, the ability to achieve this, has to do with the event facility itself you know how much can you sort of cart in <laughs> philosophically and, and materially and and how much of it is really just being dependent on the facility and thus really just having to it comes down to a choice of facilities uh, cities and such you know um i know that there is certain cities are really positioning themselves as green centers for the meetings and conference industry. San Francisco is definitely one of them. Um, what are some you know, of the, the other uh, ones out there that are, that uh, are Pittsburgh, greener? Pittsburgh, who has the only LEED certified conference center as a new building. Hmm. Uh, Portland. Makes sense. And like Makes I said sense. earlier, Syracuse is looking to do that as well. That surprises me. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear yeah, that. Yeah, actually, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of uh, building and environmental conservation going on um, technically, like on the tech side and, and architectural side happening in Syracuse, which is really exciting. Yeah, that's great. Well, and that's a good, that's a good cross-section of the country as well. I mean, you, you're covering almost all the major uh, areas there. Uh, how about in the Midwest, uh, Chicago or any of the any of the places in, more towards the center of the country uh, that are greener or trying to go green with the conference centers? Off the top of my head, I don't know. I know green event planners that work very hard in places like Salt Lake City to to, to do green events. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, so I'm not sure about cities actually for, you know, trying to make, you know, from the Visitors Bureau, trying to make their city a green meeting center. Right. Yeah. I'm just curious because I'm thinking of all the markets, you know, the typical markets for conferences. You have, you have you know, Northern and Southern California. You have Texas. Uh, you have the Chicago, you have the you have the you know the Midwest. Chicago is a hot spot, and then of course Las Vegas, you know, is a big one. And then you know you have the East Coast, you have the Boston area, Philadelphia, New York, and uh, and such, and occasionally down in Florida or in Orlando. Uh, yeah, I know Vegas is doing a lot with their power supply and trying to do a lot more solar offerings, um, as well as Anaheim Convention Center has a great organic food program and has done a lot within their facility to. Um, you know, minimize waste and utilize a lot more local agriculture for for their events. Going, Johanna, going back to the client side of this, I'm curious, are you finding, and I'm, I'm not actually interested in you, I don't want to put you in an uh, uncomfortable position with this question with your clients, so let's just talk about, the, <laughs> let's talk about the industry in general, not necessarily your clients, but are you finding that most individuals and organizations that look to have an eco-friendly event are doing so based on more of an intrinsic motivation to be green and sustainable, or is it more about the public perception and the rep, i.e. more of a greenwashing kind of thing? Sure. I would say that a year, two years ago, it was the earlier that, you know, I was seeing clients that were you know, more interested in this because that's how they operate. You know, I have, a, you know, certain clients that they're pretty green year round and following up with their events in that way is just an, is a no brainer and part of their corporate culture. Um, I think that there has definitely from more uh, from larger corporations kind of a, you know, oh, like an oh-no moment that they have to, in order to be relevant as well as 
um, you know, they've got kind of other initiatives across the board from, you know, e-waste recycling and carpooling, these type of things, that the events are just another side of, of that and that service to their employees. And then I see a lot of greenwashing, and I don't think somebody who's greenwashing would necessarily, um, you know, hire somebody like me to do an event because what I see a lot of times um, within trying to promote a green event is that it'll always be carbon neutral. Mm -hmm. And from at least from an outsider's perspective, it looks like they've just purchased a lot of carbon credits in order to neutralize the effects of their event. Right. Instead of maybe working, which is what, what I prefer to do, is, is working to see how much you can reduce, how much waste, how much fuel, how much, um, you know, food from, you know, imported food to products, how much of that can you all bring that down to the bare minimum and then talk about carbon credits. You know, some things you can't, you know, get get around, like air flights, which, you know, are one of the, as you know, are one of the worst things that you can do. Right, and events dictate that. I mean, yes. that's in-person events, yeah. Yes, I mean, it's, it's something you can't get around, but if you can actually on-site really utilize every tool that you have to decrease the amount of waste you generate, you know, and then even in registration, offer opportunities for people to offset their flights with their tickets, maybe even bill that in directly, you know, there's various options that you can do that with, but it's you know, I think I think there's a, a need to look at what you can do, you know, and not interfere with the participant or the delegate's experience at all. It doesn't need to be that way at all. It can all be behind the, behind the scenes. Are um, you are you seeing interest in um, on, online events? Because I mean, it seems to me that the greenest event of all would be an online event. And I, I realize that an online event can never fully or truly replace meeting people in person. And I don't, I wouldn't recommend that that's the way we go as a society. Cause I think that that has its own set of problems, but mm-hmm. I think that, you know, in-person events have in, in, in with, within reason, uh, have, have a lot of value, but, but are you seeing that from your clients? Is that anything that you get involved with or have an opinion on? Um, you know, I definitely have seen it in terms of, you know, technology, is allowing that process to be a lot more interactive, as well as it saves a lot of costs for companies um, to be able to, you know, have a telecon or a video conference, you know, especially with things like Skype and, you know, all the different meeting tools that are available. Um, You know, I think, you know, there are different ways to look at not having to travel so much for meetings. One of the solutions I've found or have heard is that for if you have an annual meeting, you can change it to a every other year, and then on the off years have localized meetings like chapter, you know, so that people aren't traveling as far as often. And you know, from the event planner side, that means that you've just you've just inherited ten extra meetings that you get to book, you know in terms of, on the, you know, for your profit and your business model. And you get kind of better, stronger team building, I think. So, okay, well, we're going to take a quick last break, and then we'll be right back with Johanna Walsh from Twirl Management. Thanks, everybody. Listen to Living Green. 
Effortless Ecology for Everyday People, a weekly online audio program featuring champions of sustainable living at personallifemedia.com. Okay, and we are back talking with Johanna Walsh from Twirl Management. She's an eco-event consultant and planner. Johanna, I guess the last question before we run out of time today, I just wanted to find out about, do you, do you have any additional tips, and on the, more on the personal side, um, you know, for people that are just, you know, in general, planning parties and, and doing events on a smaller scale, some of the things that, that people should be thinking about and the kind of research they, sh they can be doing and, and anything along those lines, what would be your advice to somebody who's sitting there saying, I'm planning a big party? What's, what's their first step forward in, in this process? Um, you know, I, I like to look at, for my personally, when I when I approach any event, is I like to look like what are the goods, what are, what's going into creating the event, and where are all those things coming from, and then what is what are you going to end up with, um, in return in terms of your waste and your garbage. So, um, you know, where is the the food being made, and how is it being made? Is it seasonal? Um, is it you know, if you have the fortune of living somewhere um, such as California or the East Coast or, you know, various farm communities, you have great local seasonal foods all year round. Um, you know, where is it being held? Are you, you know, using tons of power in order to light and produce sound for your events? Um, how far are people traveling? Um, you know, do you, you know, I would totally recommend using rentals. There are great rental companies that will do uh, service wares, forks, spoons, knives, plates, and they're usually fairly not, they're fairly, they're fairly reasonable prices. And that, you know, it's a reusable material. It's, um, you don't even have to do the dishes. <laughs> it works out nicely. Um, and, like <laughs> you know, if you can, you know, use biodegradable stuff. Um, if you if it's available in your marketplace, and let's see other good tips, you know recycle, reduce, reuse, repurpose. You know get creative in terms of 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 how you apply your basic ideals of conservation to your individual events. Okay, and and do you keep tips on your website at the twirlmanagement.com site? There is a blog there um, that kind of highlights various uh, things that the company does in terms of its events, a lot of products that we use, and how we go about, you know, making our own trade show booths, and um, it's very company-specific. Okay. And I'm curious, one last question before we go. I said that that was the last question, but I just thought of another one. Is <laughs> how, how many other companies and individuals like you are there out there, like Twirl Management? I mean, are you one of a handful, or are, is this really a, a burgeoning industry? It is a it is a it's a growing industry. There's a, a great organization that most of us are all por part of called the Green Meetings Industry Council, oh, okay. and it's GMIC, and they're kind of a great networking place in terms of venues and planners that are starting to um, focus on this as their specialty and this, their product offerings. I know in San Francisco there's probably five or six companies that I know of that are specifically doing this on all different scales and that have been around, some have been around for 20 years and some have been around for one year. Um, but it's, a, it's definitely a growing industry and there are standards and benchmarks that are starting to be created 
specific to this industry. It's an industry that's often overlooked. So um, there, there is definitely a, a movement towards trying to create, um, you know, baseline to qualify as a green event and uh, and to be able to empower more event planners to. Uh, always plant green. Well, I think the fact that you have your own council speaks volumes <laughs> that uh, it's a growth <laughs> industry. So, it's, yeah. it's probably, I think there, you know, I actually probably shouldn't officially say a number, but it's, I was just at a conference for them and it was, it was really refreshing to be in a room of 200 some people all on the same page. Ho- hopefully an eco-friendly conference. I'm, it was, I'm assuming. it was very eco-friendly. It, it, it was surprising. They did a wonderful job. That's that's good. That would be kind of, I guess, expected in, in that <laughs> industry. Well, my guest today has been Johanna Walsh. She is the CEO of Twirl Management and an eco-event consultant. And Johanna, thank you so much for being on the program with us today. Thank you so much, John, for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about this. Thanks, as always, to everyone listening in today. Remember, for more free on-demand podcasts, articles, videos, and other information related to living a greener lifestyle, visit our website at www.greenlivingideas.com. We'd also love to hear your comments, feedback, and questions. Send us an email at editors at greenlivingideas.com. Find more great shows like this on personallifemedia.com.